Welcome to Day 180 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Uh, we've encapsulated the reign of Solomon uh, in an entire week from the tender moments when he first came to the Lord in humility, asking the Lord for uh, his blessing and for his wisdom, and God gives him so much more than that. And we've seen seen his wealth, we've seen him build the temple, we've seen him build an even more uh, magnificent monument to himself. And when we come to uh, chapter 11, we, we see the final slide you know, down that uh, Solomon uh, commits. So we see this very beautiful beginning and this very rich, expansive presence of God and a deep blessing of God on the nation of Israel uh, slide into a chaotic you know, kind, of, uh, kind of end. So we come to the end of Solomon's reign um, all in one week. So we come to 1 Kings chapter 11 before we read that. As always, we, uh, we recognize that we come to Scripture to know God and to be known by Him. Uh, we ask Him to uh, reveal His heart and character to us, but also to show us windows into our heart and character uh, so that we uh, can turn to Him and allow Him to change us. So Matt, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? As we, by the way, I'm Paul Kemp here with Matt Kresge, who's about to pray for us, David Keith, <laughs> and Cindy Kemp as well. Mm-hmm. Let's pray, Father. We 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 reflect on on your word and and knowing um, in the story of Solomon, um, many many we've seen many and witnessed many great things so far. But we have also seen the the foreboding moments um, that, that remind us that that Solomon's heart was not fully devoted to you, and and we recognize our own tendency to devote ourselves to other things, um, to be half-hearted. Um, to not have a single devotion. Um, Father, so we repent, we confess those things to you. We ask that you would give us a single devotion, a full, fully devoted heart. Um, uh, Father, that you would help us to um, to love you and, and to be your people. Uh, so Father, as we read, would, would that be true? Would you stir in us a, a deeper love um, for you and for your church and cause us to be everything you desire us to be? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. First uh, Kings chapter 11, uh, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. And they were from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of your father David, I'll not do it during your lifetime. I'll tear it out of the hand of your son. 
that I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Then the Lord raised up against Solomon adversary, Hadad the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. Earlier when David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, who had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men in Edom. Joab and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had distraught all, all the men in Edom. But Hadad, still only a boy, fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Paran. Then taking people from Paran with them, they went to Egypt to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Hadad that he gave him a sister of his own wife, Queen Taphanes, in marriage. The sister of Taphanes bore him a son named Genubath, who Taphanes brought up in the royal palace. There Genubath lived, in Pharaoh's, uh, lived with Pharaoh's own children. It was in Egypt, Hadad heard that David rested with his ancestors and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me go that I may return to my own country. What have you liked here that you want to go back to your own country, Pharaoh asked. Nothing, Hadad replied, but let me go. And God raised up against Solomon another adversary, Rezin, the son of Eliada, who had fled from his master, Hadadzer. <laughs> I'm really bad on the names today. Hadadzer, king of Zobah. When David destroyed Zobah's army, Rezin gathered a band of men around him and became their leader. They went to Damascus where they settled and took control. Rezin was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, adding to the trouble caused by Hadad. So Rezin ruled in Aram and was hostile toward Israel. And then we just move over uh, to verse 41, 41 at the end of the chapter, uh, just to bring it uh, to an end. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did and the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the book of the annals of Solomon? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all for 40 years, then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. And the backdrop to this, of course, was when we read, you know, kind of our bonus reading in the earlier week when we talked about, you know, the expansive wealth uh, of Israel and just the lavishness of the daily provisions for Solomon's palace, there was just this nice little note in there that uh, uh, God had given Israel rest on all sides. And whenever Solomon prays for the dedication of the temple, he talks about Israel entering into the promised rest you know, that God had provided for him. Of course, rest is a, a beautiful image in the, in the book of Hebrews for our ultimate salvation of the Lord. We find our rest in him. But uh, when our ways are pleasing to the Lord, even in the roughest of circumstances, he gives us rest and peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Um, offer all your prayers and to, you know, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will reign in your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in his disobedience and in his self-striving and in his chasing after worldly things, one of the things that Solomon has forfeited is, is God's rest. And so you see mm -hmm. uh, the nation beginning to be in turmoil from enemies. Uh, those that they had conquered are coming back and will be uh, thorns in their side. Mm -hmm. yeah, it makes the, you know, verse 6, so Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. You know, we haven't heard that refrain a ton 
since the judges' days. Mm-hmm. But we, it's just a, rem- I'm a reminder. I mean, it struck me as we're reading it, you know, the, the, the we are removed from the judges' days to some degree, the sin of the people. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, it still has not been removed. And we even see in Solomon, you know, thinking that he can go outside kind of the boundaries of God's law and, and all of his wisdom, whether he was thinking this or not, you know, he, he he can keep his heart from being turned to other gods, and yet, and yet mm-hmm. the indictment is, you know, he went and did the things, married, you know, people from the nations that the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not marry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Mm-hmm. And I think just practically for us, it, we have to be aware that mm-hmm. culturally speaking, there's a lot of things around us that compete for our affections and and and. And our hearts go after a lot of different things, you know, but but thanks be to God that he does go after our hearts. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, as I was reading that, you know, a while ago, you know, the uh, all of the different nations, you know, the foreign women, uh, nations of which God had already warned them if you, uh, you know, if you uh, take their you know daughters in marriage, uh, that they will turn your hearts, you know, to their gods. And just a couple of, you know, kind of a little reminder, Solomon is probably thinking, uh, you know, at this point, I'm on top of my game, yeah. and uh, you know, even though there are warnings against this, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm kind of above those warnings. It applies to other stuff people like that. Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so you have him, you know, from the very humble start, saying, you know, who am I to lead this people to, you know, a, a bit of arrogance, you know, as he, he's obviously, you know, not following the mandates of, you know, Deuteronomy says, do not multiply for yourselves wives, and of course. It, it probably doesn't get any more multiple than 700 and 300, mm-hmm. you know, in those numbers. And, of course, you see uh, a couple of the Moabite, you know, gods that he's talking about even um, required human sacrifice or child sacrifice. Yeah, child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So there is a, 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 this is, when you talk about doing evil in the sight of the Lord, you are as far from the heart of the Lord as you can possibly get. And the Solomon has allowed his heart to be drawn away. And you've seen those hints from the very beginning, marrying foreign mm-hmm. wives, paying a lot of attention to his own uh, details of his lavish palace and arrangements you know, for himself and the provision for himself. And so he's uh, drifted away from the wisdom of God mm-hmm. to following, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, following his heart into the desires of this world, not limiting himself in any way. And it does come back to uh, be his downfall. You hear the echo of what we've read in the past that, you know, doing what is right in our own eyes, you know, that takes us all the way back to the garden, which where it originated, where we set ourselves up over God. And that would be even the definition of probably running after other gods. It's anything that we love over him. And I would say preeminently that's ourselves often. And yet, um, yeah, we, we, Choose our own way, mm-hmm, and, yeah. and our, certainly, uh, we we've enthroned the God of the universe, or uh, more than likely, we've enthroned ourselves, and mm-hmm. uh, we live for the things that please us rather than living, you know, living to please Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see this, and you know, in someone who has started so well, and it's sad mm-hmm. that he's he's ended so well. You also get a little insight into Scripture. Uh, the writer of Kings has not given us everything we could know about Solomon. He usually says, are not the other events of his life found in the annals of the king? Uh, there's a special edition for Solomon, and there would be a lot of things that are done. Uh, you know, if you want to know more about you know Solomon just as a king, go to those. But what he has written you know, for us is to give us a window into 
uh, who God is and how mm-hmm. um, how we know and follow God. So he's just created for us not a biography of Solomon, but a theology of Solomon's life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's mm-hmm. rich in its context, and he's done a good job of, of doing it. Mm-hmm. So we've enjoyed hanging. I say we've enjoyed hanging out with Solomon. We've been well warned. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen God's grace and uh, answering Solomon in his humility. We've seen God's mm-hmm. grace and building a uh, building it and allowing him to build a temple where God could be present with his people. And we've also seen the decline in his people's heart are turned away from him, or the king as his representatives turned away from him, and the people uh, will follow uh, as a result of it. So it's mm-hmm. been a rich week, mm-hmm. you know, in being shaped by the word. Uh, we've given you readings for Psalms, no pod- podcast to take you through the Psalms, but we hope for a change of pace you'll be in the Psalms. And of course, we hope you worship with God's people this weekend as yeah. uh, you continue to be shaped uh, by his word. David, do you mind closing us? No, let's pray. Father, we um, can't help but look at a passage like the one we've looked at today and be reminded that so often our hearts are not fully devoted to the things of God. Mm-hmm. So, Father, forgive us for the times we've enthroned ourselves over you, um, the times we've desired um, the things we want rather than the things you want, knowing that things you deeply desire for us are so much more satisfying, bring so much more peace and mm-hmm. so much more rest. And so, Father, may you um, continue the, the work in our hearts that you've begun. Um, help us to desire you above all else. Um, we pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen.